do we live in the Truman Show? If the Earth isn't hollow, how is it floating? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life! Hello! And welcome back to This Paranormal Life, the weekly comedy podcast, wherein every Tuesday we get to the bottom of a different paranormal case and decide by the end of the episode whether it is really paranormal or not. My name is Kit Greer-Mulvena, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, co-investigator, co-conspirator, Mr. Rory Powers. How are you doing today, Rory? I'm doing fantastic, Kit. I'm so excited today to be on this podcast and ready to dive into a new paranormal tale. Was it a late one last night? Sure. Did I have a bagel at 3 a.m. from the corner store? Sure. Did I have another bagel for breakfast that was left over from the corner store? Sure. Did I realize that you were actually bringing bagels to the office this morning for breakfast for everyone? No. Have I now had six plus bagels? Oh, I thought you were talking about the, the breakfast bagel that I brought you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm 98% bagel at this point. I'm borderline Welcome a Welcome to the bagel cast. <laughs> yeah, today we're going to be talking f***ing bagels. Everything to do with bagels. Best ingredients. Poppy seed or plain. I mean... There's a great intro question so far. What happens to the middle of the bagel? Where does that go? Do they just chuck it? I think they are actually, the dough is crafted into a ring. They don't like cut them out like a cookie cutter. There's a hole in the middle of it. Yeah, right. It's just, right. But if you imagine you get the dough. Yeah. This is bad podcasting, but we do need to just clear the air here. There's dough and you get the dough and you kind of roll it into like kind of a, a short it's kind of uh, we're gonna have to speed this cylinder. up. Speed this up. Just turn it, connecting the ends like a snake eating its own tail. Got creating it. a ring. So Punch a hole no, right in the middle. Easy. No. Okay. How could you have eaten so many? You've eaten so many bagels, and yet you don't understand the first thing about them. Um, I mean, the thing is, you said you had a late night bagel. Um, not necessarily like the worst food choice. Um, let's face it. In Britain, and uh, we're pretty expert here at. Um, Terrible late night food choices yeah. after a few scoops. I guess I just have to ask what was inside it. Because if, you know, if we're going smoked salmon or a cream cheese or an avocado, we're all set. But look, I, I, I know we don't like to chit chat too much at the start of the podcast. We do like to get into the paranormal. That being said, right. this is an important PSA to people who reside here in the UK. Beware the salt beef bagel. Beware it. <laughs> Because, listen up, Americans, if you have mustard on your your bagel over here in the UK, it is not what you think it is. It is poison. It is mustard gas. You drank too much. There's no way the bagel is responsible for whatever you're about to say. Have you had mustard on a bagel before? I, I guess. It's like someone shooting wasabi down your throat. It's like drinking gasoline. It is so... The first time I ever had it, I took one bite the mustard spewed out the sides and all of a sudden I am like, it, it, it felt like I'd been tear gassed, like nose running, eyes puffy. It was so Rory overwhelming. Was mentally in Dunkirk in the, in the trenches, <laughs> all, all noisy on the Western front. But let me put it that way. Are you sure that this isn't just down to kind of notoriously bland white people taste buds? This isn't just a spice intolerance of some sure. Because not very is, good. I don't know. Mustard <laughs> sure, I'm not very good at spicy foods. Sure, until I was 14, I had to use children's toothpaste that tasted like strawberries because I couldn't handle spearmint. Yeah. One day Rory got curious and he took a swig of his mum's Listerine uh, mouthwash and he was in A and E for seven to ten days. <laughs> It took me three weeks just to be brave enough to have mayonnaise. Until then, I was dipping my chips in water and putting them in my mouth. Yeah, you, you, were, you were like, I understand. Listen, I intellectually understand that it is eggs whipped with milk, but I, I, can't, take, I can't take any precautions. I can't take too many precautions. Oh, spicy, days. spicy. Rory, you are right. Uh, I mean, here on This Paranormal Life, we do like to give advice, PSA, survival tips, to our listeners so i think this this class is as that and as long as we keep giving psa health psas we get given money from the government yeah those um, grants but we are here ultimately to talk about the paranormal which the government doesn't want us to do but uh, we have a brand new paranormal case for you to get stuck into bit of a different one today i will say yeah we've been we've been taking a lot of money for the government recently just kind of taking all the boxes where we, we classify ourselves as a health podcast yeah where we give kind of tips on how people can stay healthy and the government's like okay this sounds like a great idea here's you know five thousand pounds and we say oh thank you so much 
Welcome to the podcast, Don't Eat Glass. Right. Today we're talking about the UFO yeah. that crashed in 1984. They're like, that doesn't, I mean, that is a health tip technically, but I feel like this is more about the paranormal. <laughs> I don't talk for free. I'm going to need another 5K <laughs> if we're going to continue this conversation. Or I'm going to start telling people to eat glass. <laughs> it's really more of a, a blackmail. If you stop paying me, a lot more listeners are going to start eating glass. Because <laughs> guess what? This episode is brought to you by Broken Glass. The case we are about to get into, you could say it is a bit of a uh, warning fable, a tale of a man flying too close to the sun and getting burned. So Ooh. what I'm saying is the government can keep sending us money for the, uh, the health advice. Okay. We're going to get right into this story after a few words from today's sponsors. And it should be said, new episodes of This Paranormal Life on Patreon are ad-free. Check it out. All right, let's get into today's story. Thank you, uh, firstly, to Patrick Keeling for suggesting this case. Thanks, Patrick. Today, we're in a little town called Stanbury, Missouri, and we're going back in time to January 1995. Michael Markham was an electrical engineering student two years into his education. Here he is. All right, regular looking dude, very long hair. I don't know how regular he is. He's f***ing sick looking. He's got a kind of a Guy Fox facial hair going on. He looks like uh, the rhythm guitarist in Megadeth. I don't know what who that guy is or what he looks like, but I, I'm imagining this. So who is this individual? This is the fastest I've ever been shown a picture on this podcast before. The protagonist of our case. He has got uh, extremely long uh, red hair, beard and mustache, super skinny, uh, arms folded in a cool kind of metal band way. Um, and he's wearing an extremely 90s outfit of the digital Casio wristwatch. Very cool. But Mike wasn't your typical college student. He wasn't out all night playing beer pong and hacky sack at the frat house. He spent most of his evenings at home on his front porch messing around with electronics, circuit boards, transistors, all kinds of components on his homemade workbench. Hmm... Rory, is this something you could relate to? You know, what did your university experience look like? Well, I can relate to us on some degree because, um, you know, I'm the oldest of two sons in my family. And for some reason, at some point, I became the son that everyone decided loved the like, build your own radio kits (laughs) and build your ship in a bottle. I got this shit too. And it's like, like, all right, Rory, Merry, Merry, uh, uh, Merry Christmas. Here's a here's how you build your own microscope. And it's like, why the f- I've never once expressed any interest in this at all. I'm Qu- dumb. Why <laughs> I understand you're trying to up my IQ points, but I don't think a build your own microscope is the way to do that. And then they'd be like, quiet down, quiet down. Your your, your little brother's opening his toy now. Wow, a remote control rocket ship. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we just thought it would be a blast. So go ahead, go go do it. And he would get all this cool shit, and I'm stuck with all this nerd stuff that I had zero interest in. I mean, and I didn't have the brain to put it together. I mean, do you think it was that they thought you were dumber than him and they needed to make you smart? Uh, or <laughs> right. was it the other way around? He was a lost cause and you were the one they needed to, you know, get through Harvard and uh, kind of make money for the rest of the family. Now that I think about it, I think I, they were just giving me math lessons for Christmas because <laughs> yeah. I needed to catch up. Now, like I said, Michael was at home on the porch listening to Pearl Jam and tinkering with electronics. This evening, he had a hold of a device called a Jacob's Ladder. It had two long wires running straight up parallel to one another made from an old clothes hanger. When he powered it up, it worked just like he expected. The electrical current jumped from node to node, gradually climbing to the top. See, Mike was a scientist. He wasn't interested in what he already understood. He was trying to make something new. He started tinkering with an old CD player, removing the laser and attaching it to his Jacob's ladder. He fired it up again, watching the spark pop back and forth. Something was different. He looked at the space between the wires and saw something strange. It looked like a patch of heat, but it was perfectly spherical. That's weird. It almost looks like a portal. His curiosity had been piqued, so he fumbled around on the table for something to throw at it. Naturally, as you do. His fingers found a little pile of screws, so he tossed one up towards the weird patch in the air before him. Well, that was pointless. He thought, why did I pick something so small? He didn't see where it landed. He was about to put this thing down and go search for the screw when he suddenly heard it land on the other side of the table. Wait, what? How did that stay in the air so long? It was almost as if this little portal 
had tampered with the very fabric of time. He grabbed another screw and did it again. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, five. Well, I'll be. Something very odd was happening, Rory. The addition of the laser had somehow given this Jacob's Ladder the power to bend space and time. He was holding in his hands a time machine. Let's slow down a little bit because this is just a weird huh? thing making a screw so do something a little strange. So we had a nice thing strange. there going. We were, we were hearing some pretty cool music that was actually building the tension up and I just don't want to slow yeah, us down too much. Yeah, let's slow that music oh, down. Let's God cut that music it. out, actually. Oh, come on, this is my episode. Can we get... Let, this get the music back up <laughs> no turn the music down oh, God you haven't damn. earned the music you haven't earned the music yet look if i put a piece of bread in a toaster and i'm like one mississippi i hate this two already. mississippi and it pops out and the bread isn't as toasted as i thought it was going to be at this point in time i don't go well my god it seems the device has created some sort of time machine just something weird happens. Maybe the settings are off. Maybe something's different. I think this is more like putting the bread in the toaster saying one Mississippi <laughs> and then it appearing 30 minutes later in your underwear. That's what this is, brother. <laughs> this is the equivalent of putting the bread into the toaster, counting to 30, and then a dinosaur pops out because <laughs> you went back in f***ing time. That's the level I would need to be certain at this point in our story that we have created some sort of paranormal machine. Right now, it's it's odd, sure, but I, I I'm still coming at this from the point of the skeptic. Let's get the music back up. All right. <laughs> I've gotta film this. Mike put the device down and ran inside to grab his video camera. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, got it. Oh, need batteries, batteries, batteries. This feels like unnecessary dialogue. Can you stop stopping the music, <laughs> dude? It's my episode. I know, it's I need, just... We're trying to... Be, have you... Have you... Martin Scorsese <laughs> once said that the key to... And I understand we're not making a film here. I understand that we're... This is the medium of... But this is my... This is... This is my... You're on my movie set. This is the... This is... This I, is... I just think the pacing is, of this is a little weird. Like he just you're created... professional. He just created a machine that can apparently change time. And it's like, all right, so what happened next in the story? And he's like, ah, uh, lunchtime, lunchtime, uh, pizza, pizza, um, uh, pepperoni, cheese, ham, um, call, call now, uh, deliver for home. It's like, we don't need to know this. We don't know, need to know what he ate for lunch, that the, that the camera needed batteries or he couldn't find it. Talk about the time machine again. Let's go back to the time machine, I think. Don't run the music. Steven <laughs> Spielberg. Do you think anyone said to Steven Spielberg, uh, Luke Skywalker, actually, we don't even need to see him walking around. Let's just cut straight to the lightsaber bit. I think a lot of people said that about some of the later ones, <laughs> to be fair. This is art. This is movie making. This is storytelling. I don't know if you don't understand that. That's really something that uh, it's a podcast. I guess that's going to hold you back from winning an Academy Award, but it's not going to hold. It's sure shit, not going to hold me back. And sure, this podcast has both of our names on it, so I guess if if I won the award for best international feature, I guess you would technically have to come on stage too. It would probably be hard for me to cut you out of. If you I win it, think. you can you can go up yourself. It's fine. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Because I was getting a bit worried now that I was saying it out loud. He was about to film the Jacob's Ladder in action, but before he could hit record, the contraption on the table suddenly caught fire. Mike had been seconds from capturing some truly groundbreaking science on video, but that wasn't gonna stop him. This setback was only an opportunity to rebuild and he would do it bigger and better than the first time. Uh, gotta be honest, uh, this was a little more than I was getting up to at university. I did an arts degree, so a day in the life was normally getting up, drinking so much coffee I had a panic attack, then playing Mario Kart for three to four hours, racking up a few gold trophies, and then going to my probably one lecture of the day, which was about vibes. Yeah, it was a different kind of experiment, for sure. <laughs> Mostly on the human body and how much coffee and beer it could consume in 24 hours. Uh, but it an experiment nonetheless. Uh, hey there, um, I'm interested in buying your Transformers. All right, well, of course, we can help you with that. What do you need? I think I need some uh, some jumbo ones. 
I think I need uh, uh, six of them. All right. Well, we got the first one. Hmm? Megan Fox and the other guy from Even Stevens. We got the second oh, one, which uh, I would not recommend. It was not as good. Uh, sorry, I'm confused. Am, am I through to the uh, St. Louis Electrical Supplies Company? No. What? This is Stevie's DVDs. Uh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm looking at the yellow pages right now, though, and... Uh, did I call 9779? No, this is 9729. This is Stevie's DVDs for all <laughs> your DVD needs. Okay, I I'm so sorry, Stevie. I assume you're Stevie. Um, no. Oh, I'm. Uh, I'm Craig. Sorry, I'm all turned. I'm all turned around, Craig. Um, Stevie's the guy that owns the Transformer shop. Okay. Well, that <laughs> that could save me some time. Do you maybe have the number? I'm I'm trying to. Needless to say, I am trying to get through to uh to the to Stevie's. Is it called Stevie's Transformer Shop? Stevie's Transformer Shop. That okay. is correct. They need to update the yellow pages, I think. Uh, I just work here at Stevie's DVDs, but my name is Craig. Thanks for clarifying this incredibly convoluted situation, <laughs> Craig. Uh, is there any way... Is Stevie around? Of course. Stevie! Stevie! No, he's not, actually. You're going to have to call. He cannot hear me. See, I am sure that I that I called... Do you know what? I... Sorry, Craig. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll call back another time. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and call nine seven seven nine. All right. I'll, I'll talk to you later. Hi there. Stevie's DVDs. There's no fucking way. What? Which number did you call? Craig. Oh right. Yeah, this is him. Craig. I called nine seven seven nine. You're clearly not whatever you said we are. Nine seven nine. Nine. You said 9729 last <laughs> nine, time. 9799. Do you want a DVD or not, sir? You've called twice now. Greg, I don't know what to do here. I hung up the phone and I am deadly certain that I, I dialed 9779, which is in the yellow pages as the St. Louis Electrical Supplies Company. 9799? No, 9779. <laughs> then call what I'm saying. <laughs> 9799. Whose number is that? <laughs> Stevie's, but not Stevie's DVDs. Stevie's Transformer Electrical Shop. This is Craig. I'm sorry to bother you, Craig. I'm gonna, I think I'm, I'm gonna have a nap or something because <laughs> I'm gonna hang up and I'm gonna call 9799. Hello. This is Craig. I work at Stevie's Transformer Shop and Electrical Units. Hi, Craig. I'm interested in buying some Transformers. Of course. What do you need? Uh, I, I, I need... Uh, sorry, I've just been talking to the strangest gentleman. Uh, th this is great. I, I need I need uh, some big ones, the jumbo ones. I need about six. All right, we, we can help you out with that. Now, just to clarify, we were talking about Transformers is in the electrical equipment, not the popular movie franchise or... No, 90s, no, 80s cartoon nothing series. new with Mega Fox, All right. Shia LaBeouf. Fantastic, because this is an electrical shop. We do not store DVDs. Thank you God. want DVDs? I know exactly who you need. That is Stevie's DVDs I, I for all not. your DVDs. I do not. Let's get back on the Transformers. Sorry, Thank all right. You. I've got their number, actually. Did you tell them about the DVDs? I did, Craig. I did tell them about that. We are very close by. There's two Craigs? We're both called Craig. We both work at Stevie's. Where's Stevie? I think he's in Barbados. Uh, okay, well, as I said, I need uh, I need six of these things. Uh, how much would that $20, be? Twenty thousand dollars for six generators? No, that's for one generator. That's the price for one. <coughs> um, Craig, I'm gonna have to call you back. What a ripoff! Jeez, how am I gonna do this? He frowned, looking out into the street from his porch, hoping that inspiration might strike. His eyes landed on the power lines crisscrossing above the houses in his neighborhood. That's it, the power plant. They'll have tons of Transformers, way more than they need. I could probably help myself to a few, and if I'm sneaky, they won't even notice they're gone. Isn't it insane that not that long ago you had to call somewhere to do anything? Everything was a phone call? I did not do a lot of things because of that reason alone. Those were I'm the not quiet a phone call. Years. Yeah, I'm not a phone call guy. Okay, you're a, you're a classic Gen Z slash... Uh, young millennial you do not feel comfortable on the phone don't like it i don't like to text either i don't like to talk to people i've okay. just realized oh <laughs> uh, yeah i actually couldn't be less on the same page where i think you might have seen my new burner phone no i haven't i think it's a you, kind of a drug dealer necessary part of the toolkit of a paranormal investigator right it's having a kind of number that no one can trace yeah 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be able to disappear and just have one, a string of numbers that people can call to get in contact with you. That's yeah. all you need. So late that night, Mike snuck his truck down to St. Joseph Light and Power in King City, Missouri, dressed all in black and armed with a set of bolt cutters. He parked up and watched the scene for a little while. He didn't see any security guards patrolling the perimeter or even a single camera pointed at the chain link fence. So he took his chance. He bent back the fence and slipped behind it, hot footing it towards the building, creeping along the wall. Jackpot! He'd been right. There were a whole bunch of huge transformers right there by the dumpster. All he had to do now was not get caught. He hurried with them as quickly as he could, sticking them on the bed of his pickup. He bent back the fence to cover his tracks, leapt into his truck and started it up. He was about to peel away at top speed, but at that exact moment, a security guard rounded the corner. Hey! Hey you! Mike's heart started pounding as the security guard lit him up in his rearview mirror. You dropped this, son. Looks like a crowbar. Uh, hello. I don't know if that's mine. Uh, I I'm think ju- it is. I'm just, I'm just waiting on a mate. I don't know if that, that must have been, that must have been, uh, I must have been there all, that must have been there already, I think. You okay, son? You need a... <laughs> Do you a coffee or something? Do a drink of water, sir? Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, I do, actually. Uh, Here you go. It's from my canteen. Oh, thank you. Sorry, I'm just waiting on a mate. Can I guide you back to the road or something? Huh? Can I guide you back to the road or something? I don't know why you're here. Are you lost? There was a, there was a Yu-Gi-Oh swap meet nearby. A kind of 2 a.m. Yu-Gi-Oh swap meet. So I'm just kind of... I don't know if you know if, you know, if you're familiar with the, with the trading cards or the series, but... um, You... Yo, yeah, it's kind of like a, a little man with the kind of ancient Egyptian powers. I'm, I'm getting off, off topic, but uh, needless to say, I was having, I was just up to, I was meeting some friends. I don't think that's my crowbar though. Oh, if you say so, I, I can take it with me. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll, I guess I'll be taking off now. Thank you, uh, thanks for the water, oh, sir. Oh, hold on there, I man. It looks like there's some electrical equipment on, in the back of your pickup truck. Uh. This thing's this thing's turbocharged. It's uh this thing's like a it's like an electric car. We've got a bunch of wires and shit back there. Ah, oh, one of those Teslas I've heard about. Yeah, something like that, something like that. So uh, I'll I'll be taking my crowbar and going. I think. So it is yours. Yeah, you didn't see me. Uh, bye. He drove off, heart pounding, and heading home. All right, Rory, Mike has now got his hands on, in theory, the missing pieces of the puzzle of building a time machine. Huge leap. Huge leap when we're talking about what's happened so far. That's what you and think what we've done. when you're about to see what happens in f***ing part two. He, he made a screw disappear for a second, allegedly, stole some government property, and now we're saying in, in just a moment he will have completed a functioning time machine that's insane <laughs> ladies and gentlemen we're gonna show R- rory a thing or two right after the break from a couple words from today's sponsors ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
You're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. So Mike managed to get back and load the Transformers into his garage, quickly setting about doing a kind of test to make sure uh, he could make these things work. All right, all I gotta do now is plug in the power and... Yes! No! The room was pitch black. He swung open the garage door and could see that the entire city was blacked out, except there was one light coming over the horizon. Mr. Markham, I'm Sheriff Lupfer. I have a warrant for your arrest for trespassing and theft. You have the right to remain silent. Come this way, please. In court, the judge asked him. Jesus, that leapt forward. Why do we spend so much time on these tiny little details? He opened the gate. He bent the gate backwards. The gate swung over a puddle just by two inches. And then all of a sudden, an MIB agent shows up to his door. And the next thing you know, it's like, so anyway... They slapped him to the electric chair, and that was it. We leapt so far ahead. This is called Hollywood pacing. I wouldn't really expect you to uh, know anything about it, but... Uh, so he was arrested, imprisoned, and now he's on why trial? Why do you think we see Indiana Jones, you know, all the little details of him teaching his class, uh, and then, you know, someone leaving an apple on his table, and him uh, talking about all these boring details of shit, and then we gloss right over the fact that he flies 10,000 miles to the middle of the Amazonian jungle. That's a huge part. Of the, that's a huge part of the story. Is yeah, the actual exploration bit. If anything, the shit in the classroom is really small and minimal. I have just one question, Mister Markham. Why did you do this? I did it to uh, make money. Were you gonna sell this machine? No, Your Honor. I was gonna travel back in time and win the lottery. Uh, all right. You're sentenced to five months of county. Take him away. Maybe get him a shrink. Mike served his time, but if the judge thought that he learned anything from the errors of his ways, he was dead wrong. Once he was released, Mike was determined to finish this time machine. And in order to do that, he needed money. Uh, this was before GoFundMe or Patreon, so he had no choice but to call up radio stations and put out an appeal to their listeners. He chose Art Bell's Paranormal Show, which was broadcast across the nation. Now I have on the line an unbelievable young man. His name is Michael Markham, but I think we're going to call you Madman. And when you hear his story, you'll hear why. Mike was able to catch Art and the audience up to speed and then made an appeal for cold hard cash. He was so desperate that he gave out his real home phone number, hoping that anybody with an interest in time travel uh, would call him up. Mike hasn't done a single thing paranormal, by the way, yet. Mike has just stolen shit from the government, gone to jail, and now he's he's coming on radio shows to try and get people to give him money. He made a screw disappear <laughs> for a few seconds, and that's actually definitively paranormal. I'll have you find. Yeah, there's there's a few more screws loose, I think, in this situation <laughs> than uh, just the ones that got lost in the time machine. Let me ask you, Mike, if you managed to create a path to another time, what are you taking with you? Just my cell phone. Nothing else. I like to travel light. He gave out his home address too, promising he was on the cusp of being up and running. He just needed a way to generate a high enough voltage to move back and forwards in time. The phone rang off the hook for three straight days, after which he had more than enough money, spare parts and advice from other engineers and enthusiasts from around the world to build his machine. That is insane that that actually worked. <laughs> that is like me. That is like me going on radio and saying, my goal is to build a small rocket to send a hamster to the moon. I need $3 million. <laughs> you actually work at NASA, and if you want a craft small enough to send a hamster, then you're going to need to completely reevaluate these blueprints. Why are people indulging in this? This is insane. Because... He's a criminal! Is it a crime 
to prove the paranormal real? Is it a crime <laughs> to go where no man has gone before? Is it was it a crime for Neil Armstrong to set foot in the moon? No. The moon people would probably say yes. But humans, we know that that was the right thing to do. You can't just say you're trying to prove the paranormal's real by stealing shit. Well, <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't work. Is it is it a crime for a, a man to steal a loaf of bread to feed his family? No. Is it a crime for Mike to steal transformers from a government facility to build a time machine? I think not. What if that man were to go forward in time to a point where the bread didn't exist yet and take it back to the past to feed his family? Is that some sort of fucking future crime? This is Mike trying to represent himself in court. His his court-assigned lawyer desperately trying to get him to sit down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go to the future and kill your descendants. Judge, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get I'm going to bring a katana and I'm going to chop off their heads. Judge, I'm going to go back in time, bang your mom, so I'm your oh dad. Oh my god. <laughs> And I say you're grounded. Go to your room, actually. <laughs> no, he's just talking to himself in his cell. Yeah, should have said that. <laughs> God damn it. Well, Rory, like any good Kickstarter founder, he got the cash, he got the support. Now he needed to put rubber on the road and come up with some plans, which is exactly what he did. Check this shit out. Okay, um, when Kit said rubber hitting the road, I was expecting to see a picture of the device built and completed, maybe in a garage, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. emitting some sort of electricity like well, a machine we're, well, we're from the prestige. We're only in the days following his appearance on Art Bell, so he obviously has to show everyone what the plan is. So it's it's a drawing. It's a drawing I, I think of to get people, it's a blueprint. It's a blueprint. To get people invested in a Kickstarter, you should really this should be on the Kickstarter. <laughs> this should be kind of a page yeah, and illustration well, of what to do. Yeah, it's kind of exceptional circumstances if you've already proven an existence of time travel. This is a blueprint. Yep. And I'm using that. I'm being very generous when I say that because it's a doodle. It's not. It's not blue, but... <laughs> it's a doodle. It's a print. Of something. Uh, a few blocks, a few wires, some arrows, some objects labeled like horseshoe magnet, spark gap is magnetized. A piece just says wood. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's wood. Wood is inert. It's a valuable property some other notes things. here free energy and no moving parts outside copper wow, plates that sounds amazing uh, and underneath it all in a writing that looks like it was possibly done by an eight-year-old child it says copyright mike yeah well you got to protect your ideas when you got something this valuable when you're sitting on the next billion dollar unicorn it's pretty cool right i love that he had to write not to scale at the top of it because yeah. it, it fits on an a4 page so i assume it's not fit to scale if that is uh if if it's a time machine you gotta be honest it's more than you were expecting it's less it's much less i think that was the first thing i said <laughs> it's more than i was expecting you got to admit I was, it's a double yes I was like, no i don't I was, <laughs> it's a no I was, I, was, I was expecting i was expecting mike to uh drop off the face of the earth with a bag of cash and never be seen again of course so the fact that he still exists it's pretty cool yeah, you thought you thought Mike was gonna take everyone's cash, and then all of a sudden the history books were gonna change, and there was a medieval future knight who just had a bunch of cash, who's now in all of the ancient history books. So this machine was supposed to be more than three times more powerful than what he did before, and it used a similar technology to allegedly some kind of rotating magnetic field similar to what was used in the Philadelphia experiment. Same principles applying here. A case which, sure, we didn't necessarily say was true, but... Great case, though. Also another time-traveling machine. One that really should not be replicated. No. That one went horrifically bad for everyone involved. So to build a machine kind of based off of its success is, uh, is going to be problematic. And Art Bell had Mike back in the show, I think even a couple of times, updating everyone on how it was going. He said it was more sophisticated than he had even imagined. The most exciting part is that I'm right on the precipice of completing the machine. 30 days tops. And this time, he wouldn't be dicking about throwing little screws in there. He was going to test it on himself. Except Art and his listeners were keen for an update after that. But nothing came. It was as if Mike himself had disappeared. Art Bell's community of listeners to the paranormal were uh, desperate, desperate to find out what had gone on. Uh, why were there no more updates? What had happened? 
About a year later, a listener called in to Art Bell's show to share a strange story that he'd found. So I, I found this police report about a body they found on a beach in California in 1930. A red-haired guy. And it was long, too. He wasn't wearing clothing that the police recognized. And the circumstances of his death appeared to be suspicious. This body had been found crushed to death in a strange metal tube. The, the cops didn't have a clue what it was. He was so badly beaten up he was unrecognizable. The only other clue at the scene was a small silver device. To the modern listener, the description sounds quite similar to a mobile phone. The very thing Mike said he would time travel with. Could it be possible that he went back to 1930 but was killed by his own machine? What was the metal tube? What could explain this mysterious device he was found with that might have not even existed back then? Well, that's pretty wild. So you're saying that he managed to complete the machine, went back in time, the machine killed him somehow, but did send him back. Right. It sent him back, but just in not in one piece, let's say. That's a pretty big con i would say to the machine right the time machine killing you instantly yeah i mean it would be great for like the mob it's like not only will it kill the dude you put in it <laughs> but it sends him back in time <laughs> you say it gets rid of the body what well, we will we'll pay anything we'll pay anything for this yeah we'll take five well we don't even know where it goes it just pops into existence somewhere that could be like oh you don't know where it goes oh that's ideal yeah <laughs> It's like a family could just be eating dinner one Sunday night and a corpse drops out of the sky from the future. <laughs> Hits the table. Um, yeah. This is this is a difficult, it's a difficult machine to test, isn't it? Because if if you just think it'll send you back in time to a random point, you can throw a chicken in there or some kind of animal, but no one's writing a news report about a dead chicken that washes up on a beach. Yeah. That's just a dead bird. So what happens? You gotta. You got to send something in there that if something goes wrong, some people are going to write about it. It's very true. I mean, this isn't a, a new idea. The idea of time travel being too dangerous to perform. I mean, this is the this is the big problem with time travel is, you know, even modern physicists, they say that, OK, technically, maybe if two black holes collided and created a wormhole, it might actually connect two different parts of the universe with each other, which would, I suppose, technically allow you to um, travel through space-time. Yeah. Um, but problem is, nothing would ever survive the journey. Right, exactly. It would be completely destroyed in the process. Um, and we're talking about incredibly impenetrable space technology, not... Some dude called Mike, right. who weighs sixty kgs. Yeah, his, his had a hot pocket for dinner and then jumped into a time machine. Yeah, his studded belt got caught in one of the wires, <laughs> ripped it to shreds, and sent him to nineteen thirties uh, San Diego. He actually twisted his ankle before hopping in, banged his. He was dead before he went into the machine. He hit his head on the railing, and his limp corpse went back forty years and washed up on a beach. Right, I see what you're saying. Like even if you were a trained NASA astronaut, it's going to be tough to time travel. But if you're if you're if you're a college freshman called Mike, it's going to be even tougher for you, probably. Even harder, yeah. Rumors circulated about what the hell happened to Mike. Legends ranged from that he had died and washed up on that beach or that he actually did live. He had blasted into the future and he was living in Hawaii somewhere. Others saying he was uh, homeless, living on a beach. Just in the current day? <laughs> uh, I think so. <laughs> okay. But Rory, 18 years later, he broke the silence. Whoa! He came out to dispel the rumors about what had happened to him. The idea that he had gone back in time and washed up dead. I mean, I don't know, maybe he had and that was a doppelganger uh, or some kind of clone. But he was alive as of 2015 when he called back in to Art Bell's radio station. And it's quite cool to listen to. I was listening to uh, some of it again, even just today. And like, you could, you could tell Art is so stoked <laughs> he's, right right he's like he's just like mike dude where have you been it's <laughs> like, like a it's long been 18 time 18 years yeah that's crazy like, where do i begin like what ha like let's remind everyone what happened yeah and like tell us like what's going on like i say he broke the silence on exactly what happened 
after he received the money, after everyone had wondered what happened to him. He had been able to build the machine. As part of uh, the gear that he was loaned by other people, uh, he was given a, like a bunch of cash just to help build it and given a bunch of stuff. He claims that he probably received about $20,000 in cash donations to help build the thing. Wow. But he said, if I actually counted up all the stuff people donated, it would have run into a few million dollars. Jesus. He said, I, was, I would have never been able to actually do it on my own. One fun thing is, uh, Rory mentioned earlier that uh, you might uh, actually test the thing using hamsters. He got some guinea pigs. Okay. He did. He is that did. a metaphor or? Uh, no, these were literal guinea pigs. He said he was 95% sure it would work, which I guess is just uh, short of the 100% he would need to jump in himself first. He claimed that when the machine was operational and the portal opened up, he tossed his first guinea pig through it saying, I didn't want to use any animal larger than a guinea pig. I didn't want PETA knocking on my door. So you know you're doing a bad thing. He says the only he said the only test that failed was a grapefruit went missing and they never found it. Oh my god. <laughs> he was at pains to say that, quote, the animals always survived. Although granted, I had no idea what the long-term effects were because they couldn't tell me how much pain they felt. <laughs> Part of a snag to do with building this thing was uh, I can't, for reasons I can't really determine uh, for how this machine was built, it had to be kind of suspended uh, quite high in the air, uh, the actual portal itself. Ah. So he said he was arguably, whenever it came to him jumping through it, was uh, more worried about uh, just missing the portal and falling 60 feet to break his legs. Uh, 60 feet? Than, than actually getting lost in time. I assume this thing was in his basement. How has he managed to get to a point where it's 60 feet in the air? As part of all the stuff he was gifted, he was actually loaned the use of a warehouse to build it in. <laughs> oh my god. When he came to do the jump inside the machine, he didn't know if he'd be, quote, fried, crushed, or pulled apart. Or if, like in the case of the Philadelphia uh, experiment, that if he'd be fused to a physical object. But he says, quote, from my point of view, it was like getting hit with a flashbang, a loud crack, thud and a bright light to where you can't see, hear, or walk well for several minutes. But as far as he could tell, no permanent physical damage. Saying, I'm sure the people who donated the equipment were quite worried because it probably looked like I was exploded into pieces. <laughs> when Mike finally regained his senses, he turned up in the middle of a farm near Fairfield, Ohio, cold and hungry. <laughs> he turned up cold, hungry, weak, smelly, just as he'd entered, <laughs> he remained unchanged. <laughs> he said the first thing he started to do once he could was just start walking. He ended up in a downtown Cincinnati homeless shelter because, to begin with, he couldn't even remember his own name. Damn. He worked out quickly. He'd woken up in the year 2000, so only two years later. Okay. He said, I was hoping to travel maybe five minutes ahead and up to 75 to 100 yards of distance, but it ended up being two years and 800 plus miles. <laughs> so the calibration maybe needs tweaking a little bit. Which, Mike, I'm sorry, buddy. I, I love you, but you had no right to expect 75 yards and five minutes into the future. Yeah. You, you designed this thing on a McDonald's napkin <laughs> and got spare parts out of a junkyard. You're lucky you didn't end up in a dinosaur dimension. Yeah. He's like, one of the guinea pigs came back with a ray gun. So I think the calibration needs to be tweaked a little bit. <laughs> Why he, like, he should be counting his lucky stars he ended up in Ohio. Right. And not even Siberia or yeah. literally anywhere else on Earth. Planet Gorgon, where he's turned into a spaghetti man. He's, it's a miracle that he's still alive. He's, he's like, I was hungry, so I was kind of hoping to teleport into a Five Guys Burger and Fries, but unfortunately I ended up in an Applebee's, which I don't honestly care for that much. <laughs> right. It's like, be happy Be you're happy. There. <laughs> Look, I mean, that's basically the headline. He says that, uh, which I think is pretty interesting, this idea of what would you literally do if that happened? He, he had lost some part of his memory, but by the time he had got enough memory back to remember what had happened with the warehouse, where he had been, he made his way back to the warehouse, discovering, uh, disappointed that it was completely empty. Um, as he put it, 
his investors and the people who had helped him build the thing assumed him dead instantly just vaporized <laughs> of course so they probably just uh as he put it sold the shit on ebay and moved on with their lives and as he says maybe some of the people who followed the story and were more interested in it he says i'm sure they'll probably say the men in black came and abducted everyone and everything uh taking the parts to area 51 but crucially as he's been trying to piece his life together ever since the jump he said that he is intent on trying to do it again and on that art bell appearance the most recent one in 2015 he uh he made the appeal and thankfully uh gofundme did exist at this point so he launched right. uh, a page to try and uh build the next machine uh, to further his research and experiments the link is sadly now dead uh, but allegedly he raised ten dollars uh before it ended <laughs> yeah that's to be expected I mean, was there ever any proof that he raised what he claimed was millions of dollars the first time? Well, he said he was given stuff, which, as he said, would have cost millions if he'd had yeah, to buy that's it. That's convenient. So no receipts for that. He's like, I made $20 on the Kickstarter, but I was given millions in knowledge and advice. And this next bit is what I absolutely love about sometimes on this paranormal life. We've taken a while, Rory, to get around to some cases. And sometimes we think we should have covered these sooner. But with this case, I'm glad we've got to it when we have, because as of uh, 2023, he's on Reddit. Wow. And he's been jumping onto a couple different uh, threads about the paranormal and specifically about his case and all the people who still know about it and trying to set the record straight, namely trying to let everyone know that he didn't die in 1930, washed up on a beach. Sure. Um, he said that photo uh, that I showed you at the beginning isn't me. He's like, he's like, I think that's just another guy called Mike Markham, uh, who everyone, de everyone decided to start sharing that photo. What? There's something just extremely funny about just going through all his comments and him just being like, I didn't die. I'm literally in Ohio right now. These are stupid rumors. Right. <laughs> but I will say in a, in a, in a twist of fate that does feel, um, suspiciously like MIB behavior, you might notice Mike's account has been suspended. Uh, do do we know why? Probably him trying to spill the beans about some paranormal shit. Or trying to s solicit funds from strangers online. No, by no, I don't think I don't think that's true, and I don't think there's anything to on the record. Linking to that I think there's take money the from backers. There. I don't know that that's against Reddit's terms and conditions. Uh, I just think it's pretty interesting. But it's kind of nice to know that even now, I mean, he was. This story isn't that old in the scheme of things. He was about 21 years old when he first attempted all this. So he, so he's now in his 50s, I think. Yeah. And apparently uh, working hard on his next time machine. So I guess while we have kind of the history and the story and the legend of madman Mike Markham to digest, maybe we'll have more to look at uh, in future too. Yeah, because while he is getting older, you got a time machine? There's a lot you can do with that. As we discussed, going back in time and banging people's grandmothers. Yeah. I mean, Struggling to think of other things right now, but that, that was a good one. <laughs> it seems like uh, the machine that he created can only go forward, which is really the worst kind of time machine. You know, I think I've read scientists talking about this. And look, I'm a dumb dumb. Don't take this seriously. But I, I feel like I've read a scientist talking about that, that they're like, look, yes, time and space are linked. If we can bend space, we can bend time. You could do, you could, we can f about the edges here and we can achieve some something that, that's close to time travel. But I, I feel like people have argued that, that you could only go forward. I don't, I can't think why that is, but apparently there's some reason. Right. Like you can like accelerate and slow down the passage of time in yeah, theory. Yeah, I guess that's it. But it's like going back is that's where it's like, all right, we're kind of entering magic world where it's like these are events that have transpired in the existence of the dot moving in one direction. Yeah. So it's like, all right, to to return to that time is is something else completely. But being able to go faster than than time, maybe that is a more scientific theory. It sounds like it is on paper, you yeah, know. Yeah, like isn't that the plot of fucking Interstellar or something? It's like they're traveling so fast through space that time is essentially standing still for them, and that's why it's up and sad because their family are just aging and dying back home yeah 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 i yeah. think that's the idea you can at best stand still almost which kind of sucks because it means that you could build a time machine test it out go for it 100 years and you're like oh my god it works i made a time machine and they're like dude it's 2300 everyone's got a time machine we all have time machines <laughs> some dude we don't know he disappeared he cracked it like 100 years ago it was like that was me <laughs> 
Yeah. I would cracked it. They're like, we don't know you. Do you have a job? Do you have a communications chip implanted in your head? Who the f*** are you, bro? You're going to get incinerated by a ray gun, like day one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you can go back, which we don't know if you can, then the machine is basically a go-forward machine. Yeah, you, you're, you're right. If we're talking about the benefits of going forward or back, yeah. everyone wants to go back because going back means you are smarter, cooler, better than everyone else. Going forward, it's like being Fry in f***ing Futurama. You're a dumbass. You don't know anything that's going on. Exactly. I can go forward in time. I drink a liter of Jack Daniels and hit my head on a coffee table. I thought if you then I'm transported into the future. 15 to 16 hours. That's time travel. Yeah, you can't to remember me. your name. You can't remember <laughs> where you live. You can't find your keys. Yeah. You pissed yourself. I think these are all Guarded symptoms of... strange sort of urine-scented goo. <laughs> all symptoms of time travel. Uh, Rory, you make an excellent point about our own pretty fantastic abilities to travel through time right here and now without any Transformers. Um, but we do need to decide, like every week, whether the case that we're talking about is paranormal or not. Uh, this has been a bit of a bit of a wild one into the life and times of madman Mike Markham. Do we think that this kind of time travel is possible? And do we think Mike actually achieved it? Look, we've talked about time travel a lot on this podcast before in many different forms. Uh, TikTokers that say they have gone ahead and they are now in a world where humans don't exist because they're so far in the future. We also have time travelers that have gone back into the past. And we have, I think we've talked about it on bonus episodes uh, discoveries that have been made in ancient civilizations of allegedly technology that exists now. Yeah. They'll find an ancient Egyptian pharaoh and he has a Walkman. And it's like, <laughs> all right, that's pretty weird. How did he have that? You know, or uh, some ancient king will have a ring on his finger and it looks like a Casio wristwatch. Yeah. Like down to the point where you can see the like hands on the clock. So it's, it's made in Japan. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, so there's a, the, the, the world of time travel is a fun and a diverse one. I mean, one of our most famous cases is one of our oldest also, where we investigated the D7D mode time machine. A classic, yeah. Uh, you know, and I don't want to draw too many comparisons between that and this case, but uh, have you tried to find the D7D mode time machine online? You can't. It's gone. The really? website's gone. Yeah. All the links are gone. Uh, I couldn't even find, annoyingly, any of the screenshots or pictures. My cash deposit, gone. <laughs> that I took. Yeah, I think that thing cost $50,000 to order one. So that might have been Mike who was involved in, in the, the production of that machine. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a weird and wonderful world and always a joy to talk about on the podcast. That being said, I wish I had a time machine so I could go back. <laughs> Before this right, story Because we want to hear presented. it again for the first time. <laughs> this was just so good. And maybe we could just pitch another case to you. I could maybe say, let's try something else today, bud. What's but the problem? <laughs> he made a time machine. And uh, sure, he might have gone back in time, but then he came out and said he didn't. He went forward in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fact that the first thing you showed me was a lie, that's a bad way to start the case. Is like, here's a picture of the guy we're talking about. It's like, okay, great. This is weird. Why are you showing it to me? Liar! I am. I'm a liar. That's not him at all. It's like, I don't know that. I didn't know that. You can't trust your instincts with this story. You don't know what's real and what's fake. I think today's case is a very fun, weird, and wonderful story. Uh, but unfortunately, you know. Yeah, I think that's uh, probably... Probably fair to say that it might be a no. I think Mike doesn't leave us... Uh, I would love to believe this one, uh, but he doesn't leave us a lot of choice No, in the fact that his first time machine went on fire and was destroyed. His second time machine was, uh, checks notes, quote, sold on eBay for parts Yeah, uh, after they thought he died. No pictures, no videos. No, 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 no. Nothing. A blueprint uh, at best. Uh, copyright Mike. Uh, so... It, it's hard. It's hard for us to, on a case that is on a, on a show that is based on handing out yeses to physical evidence, we're stuck with a no. But this has rekindled my love of time travel cases. Uh, it's so fun. And I think the reason it's so fun is because it's so dumb, yet it's actually technically maybe possible someday. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So we all live in hope, basically. Love when you sprinkle a bit of science into the world of the paranormal. 
because it's great that I'm even looking here as one of the pieces of evidence I had was, you know, this uh, Nexus magazine article, shout out Nexus magazine. And they have like, it's like, they don't need to do this, but there's like three paragraphs where they interview scientists and they're just like, electricity has nothing to do with time or space. There's no <laughs> voltage that bends time. Yeah. Uh, none of his ideas made any sense. Uh, they're like, yes, maybe someday if we uh, travel fast enough, we could, but they're like, but it's like, it's like very cute that they have to, per scientist that has to sit there and read madman mike's ideas i love that we 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 were not even entertaining it to a level where we had to debunk right. the blueprints or anything it's like we all can we don't have to talk about it we all know that's nonsense we don't need to under explain why he doesn't need electrical transformers to build a time machine uh, it's nonsense it's just one of those things that it sounds real to dum-dums like us uh but i hope even though it was a no that you enjoyed this investigation into Madman Mike Markham. So cool that these stories, which just turn up in the 90s or whatever, people still care about these stories to the present day on places like Reddit. Um, it is fascinating. I want to say a quick RIP to those guinea pigs, because let's be real, they definitely right. died. A hundred percent. I think if we've learned one thing is that, that those guinea pigs exploded immediately. And for all the people out there who say uh, PETA, Peta are a waste of time and that they're dumb and that they don't do anything right. I want to say shout out to Peter because if it sounds like if Peter didn't exist, Mike was going to throw monkeys in that portal. <laughs> so thank God he only threw, it sounds like one guinea pig. We don't need a madman monkey. We do not need it. We don't need to send a monkey back to the civil war. That would just confuse things. I, I understand that, yes, they were around at the time of the civil war, but not in the middle of they, it. They weren't in the trenches <laughs> yeah. with bayonets. Uh, if you've got your own time machine blueprints, please, God, send them through. Rory, I, I was really thinking, you know, we simply have to print out those blueprints and get them on the wall of evidence behind you. It's just perfect. Mm, yeah, we'll see. You print them out and then we'll see if they make it onto the wall. All right. I think that's a smart idea. <laughs> Rude, but okay. Uh, send through your blueprints to this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. Guys, you know the score. Um, there's a plethora, a cornucopia, a treasure trove of paranormal bonus episodes available over on patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. You can hear about time travel. You can hear about cryptids. You can hear about vampires, ghouls, ghosts, and demons. And sometimes just what we get up to after dark. There are cases in there that are silly and they're fun where we don't come down on a conclusion. There was one not too long ago where it was so convincing that we did actually give it a double yes on the bonus episode. Which is not something we've maybe ever done. No, it was insane. We need to release that one. We've also had guests on the bonus episodes yeah uh one actually only one uh, a southern gentleman called juke jackson yeah uh, who gave us kind of the paranormal history rundown of savannah georgia the most haunted town in all of america it's a fan favorite and a kit low light <laughs> of the show it really is and that was my madman mike <laughs> and if that isn't gonna get you on board i don't know what will um there is a ton of different rewards available on Patreon, uh, one of which, which you might be quite familiar with if you listen to DPL, is that you might get a shout out at the end of an episode. Uh, I say we just get into it. Let's do it. Okay, so super special thank you to Leone Perret. Leone, you are truly the only one for me. In the bottom of my heart, your support means the world to us. If you would just take a few steps backwards, uh, closer towards the time machine, um, the guinea pigs were fine. The guinea pigs were fine. So I just think, Leone, if you Leonie, were to... I don't know. I think stay put. I don't know where Rory's going with this. I just... Uh, if you could just close your eyes and if you could just... Yeah! Oh, no! <laughs> She's gone. She's gone. The guinea pigs were not fine. I lied. So you, so you know you shouldn't have put her into it. <laughs> Sorry, Leone. Thank you to Landon Hill. Landon, I hope for the love of God you don't live in London because <laughs> that would be tough. That would really be tough if you're hanging out in the East End and you have to explain that you're Landon from Landon. Right, yeah. What's your name? Land Landon. Where are you from? Landon. Is that all you are can say? Are you a Pokemon, bro? Because <laughs> you got one word only. Thanks to the art chess. The art chess. Do you have an art chest? 
I'm talking about a big box of crayons, pencils, anything that you can do to make doodles and artwork uh, to put up on the walls of our studio. Because Kit has just been putting out blueprint after blueprint of time machine. I just think there's something here. To the point, yeah, I'm starting to get worried. I, I know that's why I you're putting I just think if we up. get a big enough transformer. Yeah, we're, so just anything that you can give us to put over it. Smiley faces, sunflowers, anything would be great. Thanks to Aiden DeCilio. Aiden, nice to see you. Nice to see you again. Would you like to take a few steps backwards, Aiden? No, oh, Aiden. Aiden, Just a run. few steps run, backwards. And if you could hold this little hamster while you do it, because I think uh, maybe two... Why both of them? Maybe two souls will appease the Time Lords. He's already calling you a soul. <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know. Thanks, lastly, today to Bruna Diaz. We don't talk about Bruna, nah, 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 because Bruna disappeared in Rory's time machine. Uh, and the police are <laughs> sniffing around, and I don't know what to tell them. Don't and talk it's, about it's all it. your problem. So I don't want to talk to it because it's not none of my business. I don't want to talk to them either. They say, like, do you know where the whereabouts of a Mrs. Bruna? But we don't talk about Bruna, nah, nah. They just start dancing, and everyone's into it. Yeah, I spent a couple nights in jail. <laughs> I did. The dance can only do so much good. So thank you, Bruna. Thank you to everyone we've shouted out. Uh, we've got more shout outs coming next week. Bruna, you'll be hearing this in 15 years uh, when you arrive in the future. So we're sorry. We just we're sorry. I hope you're doing all right. We're taking your stuff, by the way, because you don't need it for the next 15 years. We'll give it back. We promise. Uh, we'll be back, of course, on Tuesday with a brand new paranormal tale. And, uh, and before then, over on Patreon. Uh, have a great week, everyone. Remember to live fast, investigate, investigate and die young, baby. baby. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.